From Crawford Media in Denver, you're listening to Counseling Culture, a special public affairs program that reports on where to find help for mental health issues in Colorado. I'm Richard Beatty reporting. Barna Research Group does an annual study on mental health in urban, suburban, and rural areas. The study includes a diverse sampling of churchgoers and non-churchgoers in several communities. What they have found that the church is the first place that people of faith and people who are not churchgoers go when they or someone they are close to is in need of mental health and counseling. Beth Lang is the director of special ministries, which includes mental health ministries at Community Church in Aurora, Colorado. I recently caught up with Beth, and we had a good conversation about mental health and counseling culture. When I found that you had a mental health ministry, um, it's very rare that churches actually embrace, whether they're embracing psychology or even Christian counseling uh, above our pay grade, you know, and that attitude comes through, then there's the stigma that goes along with mental health. How did your mental health ministry start? We launched it about nine years ago, and I had um, transitioned on staff at the church from being the assistant director of children's ministry into um, uh, a role of significantly fewer hours to launch our special needs ministry. Um, I had done that for kids in our children's ministry, and what we saw was that we had youth and adults and families coming who wanted to get um, support so they could engage in the church community who had special needs. And so the ministry really organically grew and we realized we needed a standalone ministry. So as I was working on that, I started just honestly having a burden for folks with mental health in the church. And part of that was friends who I knew who were struggling with mental health diagnoses, or like me, I've had seasons of anxiety in my life. Um, I don't have an official diagnosis. A lot of it in response to grief, I've lost uh, significant family members and I was experiencing anxiety. And what I was hearing from people within the church already was that they did not feel comfortable coming forward and letting people know that they were struggling with their mental health. They had either really had some church hurt from other churches, been rejected, been told that it wasn't real, you know, um, was, uh, and it was very spiritualized for a lot of people was their experience that it was either um, an attack of the enemy, their prayer life wasn't vibrant enough. So God wasn't answering their prayers. I mean, they, they got a lot of really tough and what I, I personally believe biblically inaccurate answers to their mental health problems. And they just, they didn't feel comfortable being transparent about it. And I just really got this burden, like, Lord, just like with special needs, this is an isolated, unseen community who is already in the church, trying to access Jesus, trying to get in community, and they're struggling, right? right? Um, so that's kind of how the goal of launching a ministry started. And then right. I happened at that time to get an email from a local Denver ministry. At the time, it was called My Quiet Cave. It's now called Anchor International, whose sole mission was to equip the church, to reach mm-hmm. out to folks in the church and in the community with mental health struggles and and really approach it from a, um, a community support group, faith-based perspective. And so that's that we started partnering with them. And that's that's how we launched. 
the church doesn't always embrace uh, special mm-hmm. needs uh, populations. Nope. And I think that's the same thing with mental health. And although a lot of mental health is not visible, uh, except when you're looking at the vast degree of homelessness in, uh, in, in Colorado or almost anywhere now, not just uh, Denver has uh, certainly the homeless population has grown, Colorado Springs, all of those areas. From what I understand, there's a, a big mental health component in that. Do you see more uh, because of the opioid and and now this this epidemic with with fentanyl and the pharmaceutical stewardesses were going to doctors' offices, uh, right, and the, offering in the '90s and the and the early 2000s, and mm-hmm. offering these. There was this real push. Uh, towards that, which I think is partially why some of the pharmaceutical companies were met with when COVID was happening, that they had that raised eyebrow. Uh, right, right. Because they were saying, well, yeah, right. But do you think that that contributed to the mental health crisis as well? I'm sure it did. I think the population we see, we're in Aurora, and we have a significant unhoused population. And get a lot of transient folks coming in and out. I think for us, when we launched the ministry, we knew that there was this certainly a mental health crisis. But what I have found and what I tell a lot of churches is, is we don't have to look outside the walls of the church for folks struggling with mental health issues. They are in the pews. They are already here. And a lot of churches I talk to are concerned that if they launch a ministry, even if it's just, you know, one support group or one class, right? that they will be somehow overwhelmed with people knocking down their doors. Mm. And I think there is such a stigma still that that's that's just not the case. But while we do serve a good number of people in the community in our programs, you know, a a good number are from the church. And I don't, by that, I mean the global church, not just our church, but they're, they're invisible and they're hiding themselves. So they're already here. Um, I think the drug crisis has contributed to that. I think maybe that's more visible with the unhoused population maybe than it is with folks attending church, but either way, what, you know, whatever they're struggling, I, I think there's a mental health crisis wherever you're living, whatever your occupation is, wherever you're going to church. I think there's just a mental health crisis. And I, COVID certainly didn't um, help that, you know, and I, and I think, you know, social media has a big part to play. People are isolated. They're emotionally isolated mm-hmm. in their lives. And that is one of the worst things for mental health is to stay isolated. You know, being in community is so important until there's a, a level of safety where you feel like you can be transparent. How much do you think that social media is playing into our loneliness uh, factor? Uh, and which is it, it's strange because it's, it's called social media, but it's really yeah. not community. It's artificial community. And now with artificial intelligence <laughs> kind of uh, almost taking one more step in that direction. Right. Uh, do you think that that the crisis will be getting worse? I mean, it's a great opportunity for for ministries if they mm-hmm. if they really get down to it and really become part of the community. We really want to encourage uh, other churches to take the step that that you did. Mm-hmm. When you approached the church and said, "Hey, I really want to do this mm-hmm. ministry. I want to take the steps to do it." Do they embrace it? Were they standoffish for a while and say, well, that's a little more than we really wanted to get into? (laughs) 
I have to say we have great leadership here. I can't, yeah. I think we have like nine pastors on staff um, and they, they really embraced it. The executive pastor and the lead pastor really embraced it. And and they saw that where I was going was, you know, we have with us, you know, um, we have three things we focus on here, which is Christ community and calling. So any program we start, we evaluate it and say, is this something that is going to connect our people to Christ? to community and to calling. And if it's not, then how can we make sure that it does? You know, um, and I think they immediately saw with trying to pull people out of the shadows who were experiencing mental health was addressing the Christ issue because so many people we see who come to our programs, a lot of them already, they're not necessarily in an escalated state of a mental health crisis. They may already have great tools in their toolbox. They may already be in counseling. They may be on medication if they need that. They may have a supportive family group, right? What they're missing a lot of them and what they want to talk about is where is God in this equation? Why me? Why am I struggling with this? And sometimes just saying, well, we live in a fallen world. That just doesn't do it. They need to be able to process in a safe place and ask tough questions with people who aren't just going to say your faith isn't strong enough. You need to pray more. You know, this is imaginary. They need people to say, yeah, you're struggling. We're, we're all struggling. How do we walk this journey together in our struggle with Christ and, and find God in the midst of this? So I think that's the big answer they're looking for. The, the leadership did embrace it because they saw that it really would help connect people to Christ, would certainly help pe- connect people to community who are isolated and unseen and hopefully calling. At some point in their journey, they did embrace it, I have to say. And they saw that it was very similar to special needs in that way. I'm a person who likes to have things in order before I offer something. <laughs> That's my my personality. And I'm a process person, process-oriented person. So at that time, the pastor that oversaw me, he had a counseling degree. His seminary degree was in counseling. We had one other pastor with a third degree in counseling. So I went to him and said, okay, I don't want to open up our doors and make this invitation to our congregation and the community, unless I know that all our pastors are biblically in the same place when it comes to approaching mental health, because we wanted to make sure that while we offered classes and support groups, there were going to be people who said, I want to meet with a pastor. Cause like you said, when people are struggling with mental health, they're going to go to the church. Right. And often they're going to try to meet with a pastor and talk about it. Right. Okay. And I didn't want our pastors to be inconsistent in how they were going to approach this. I mean, they can be unique, obviously, in their counseling, but I didn't want to send somebody. And I know our pastors very well. They're all good friends. But I I had to say, hey, let's lay it out on the table. So there it is, out on the table. Beth Lang uh, with coloradocommunity.org slash mental dash health. That's coloradocommunity.org slash mental slash health. And Beth says, just like with our physical health, we all have mental health that needs to be nourished and cared for. Some of us have mental illnesses, but those are illnesses just like heart conditions or diabetes. As with these other diseases, they are a result of a fallen world and often need lifelong management. In either case, the church is made for community and should be a safe place to struggle. 
at Colorado Community Church. Their mission is to walk with you in your journey through the challenges and victories and help you embrace your innate value and identity in Christ. No matter what stage of life you're in or wherever you live uh, in the Denver metro area, Colorado Community Church also partners with many Christian mental health professionals who offer counseling in different areas of expertise. These counselors have been screened and vetted by Colorado Community Church, and they offer therapy from a biblical worldview. We'll be talking a little bit more about uh, the counseling referral, uh, some of the groups that they have, and all the other things, and how the ministry is growing. I'm Richard Beatty with Crawford Media in Denver, and you're listening to Counseling Culture. We'll see you next week.